Welcome to the Meal Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay S. Nixon. This is the 23rd episode in the Co-Pilot series where we can chat about making the plant-based lifestyle more doable, especially while facing a lot of the challenges and roadblocks that we all sort of face on our journey to weight loss and better health and being plant-based. I'm very excited for today's guest. She's been a Meal Mentor member for quite a while, and I've watched her just transition and just really become awesome and make so much progress. And now she's been very inspiring and helpful to a lot of our newer members, and I love seeing that. I love seeing someone who's already kind of jumped over the fence help others sort of climb their way up too. And so it's just, I'm so glad she agreed to come on today. So let me please welcome Marla. Hey, Marla. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you so much. I'm, you can't see me, but I'm beaming with a huge smile. That was so sweet. Thank oh, you. I am too. I was so happy when you said yes. And um, I just, you've been so helpful in the Facebook group and the forums, really helping others. And so I know today on the podcast, you're going to just really inspire everyone, especially some of the new people who forget what it's like that we all started from somewhere. But um, maybe you can give us your story in a nutshell, just kind of so we're familiar with you in case someone doesn't know you from the forums. Sure. So um, just briefly, um, I was, I've always struggled with my weight really since I was little. And um, I, um, my my siblings are a little older than me. So when I was a little girl, my siblings were teenagers and I have two sisters and a brother. And my sisters, you know, they were teenagers and they were like, into boys and, you know, just Mm -hmm. like super, you know, conscious of what they look like. And I think that like at an early age, that sort of rubbed off on me. Um, you know, I don't think at all intentionally on their part, but I remember they used to joke and say like, what do you do when the boys walk by? And I would suck in my stomach. Oh oh my gosh. (laughs) I know. And it was like a cute thing. So they would always like show it off, you know, like do, you know, in front of people. But um, I think that just little things like that or just watching them go out on dates and getting dressed up and stuff, I think it just really early on um, impacted me in thinking about my weight. And um, just because I always felt a little chubby and, um, you know, just kind of struggle. I mean, I was also kind of a latchkey kid, so I would come home and, and eat a big bowl of cereal in front of the TV, you know. So just food was sort of became a really close friend of mine and... So, um, so I just kind of, you know, my weight, I've shared a little bit on the, on the boards before that, like I'm five one, um, you know, I really probably, when I say I've had weight problems, honestly, it's, I'd say probably like 25 to 30 pounds overweight is probably the most I've been overweight, but on a small frame like mine. You can really um, tell when you're only 5'1". You can tell. Yeah. It's not like me. I'm 5'7", five, I'm five, almost 5'8". You know, 25 pounds on me, it sort of spreads out. But uh, two of my team members at Happy Home Before are 5'1". And so I, I know what you mean by 25 pounds making a huge difference. Because I've seen it with them when they lost weight coming to work for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I know. Nice nice employee benefit. Yeah. <laughs> So anyways, so yeah, so I just always struggled with weight and I really was like a junk food kid, you know. So um, then I, you know, at one point I just kind of, I did Weight Watchers early and I would have success and then, you know, you get kind of cocky because you think you're losing weight. So that means you can now eat these cookies again and I put it back on. And so um, in my early 20s, I happen to be, um, I, I kind of go back and forth between Los Angeles, living in Los Angeles and living in Sacramento, which is where my family is. And I was in Sacramento, and I just happened to be uh, listening to the radio, and um, Dr. McDougall 
had a uh, radio show and <clears throat> I was just kind of interested because he was talking to someone on the radio about how they had lost all this weight without, um, you know, without having to give up overeating or whatever. I mean, he didn't word it like that, but, you know, eating all you want and lose and lose all this weight. So I got his book and I read it and it just totally made sense to me. And honestly, overnight, I just was like, I did it. I just started eating McDougal totally overnight and the weight just like fell off. And, you know, I was young. I was in my early 20s. So it, it was true that I could eat whatever I wanted and the weight would just I would not come back on. I mean, I remember like it was kind of also at the time when they were like the fat free was like the, the big mm-hmm. thing, you know, not yeah. the no carb or whatever. But at the time, everything was fat free. So I would get these um, fat free chocolate vegan cookies. And I remember I would sit and eat an entire box of those things. Mm-hmm. And I was those like, snack wells cookies, forget it. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I just thought like, oh, my gosh, like this. I found the Holy Grail. Like, this is awesome. And I remember a friend of mine like you know, wrote to me and was like, how are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm so good. You know, cause we used to always kind of bitch about our weight to each other. And I was like, guess what? Like, I don't even, I'm never going to ever have to worry about my weight again. Like I found the secret and I really thought I had. Um, and, and also, you know, back then I was cooking all my own food. That was a big deal because this was like in the early nineties. So there wasn't a lot of vegan food on the market. And slowly over time, there came to be a lot, as we know, of vegan food on the market mm-hmm. and a lot of processed stuff and a lot of junk food. And um, and the weight just came back on. So thankfully, you know, after many more times of doing Weight Watchers and trying to go back to McDougal and then suddenly being like, wait, I thought I could eat everything I wanted. Why isn't it coming off this time? Um, I, I found you. Yay. And that was one thing I think you and I really connected over is we both were really drawn to the McDougal program and the plant-based lifestyle because it was promised that you can eat all you want. And we did. We ate all we want, which was great for two people who love to eat. And, right. um, and it did work with some initial weight loss, but then it got to a point where it, you realized you can't eat. <laughs> you really can't eat all you want and continue to lose weight. That was my experience. And I was so frustrated because I was eating so perfectly. I was eating just like steamed vegetables, but I was just eating way, way too much. And that's why I love the meal plans is because it really puts me in check with um, portions and total calories and making sure I don't overeat because it isn't magic calories were a free for all. Completely. I mean, honestly, the, the meal plans have saved my life. And I even just think I posted something about how, you know, I was sick a couple weeks ago and then I didn't get a chance to do all my batch cooking. So I kind of just made stuff and it was all off the meal plans, but I made it sort of as I went and I gained a little bit of weight. And it's because like, you know, I'm just not as strict with it when I don't have it all pre-cooked and ready to go. And, you know, it's so much easier to like snack. and, And even during the, throughout the day, I was like kind of snacking because I just wasn't in that mindset of like, you didn't have it prepared for you. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. I've noticed the same thing when I'm, I, when I cook everything ahead for the weekend, it's all portioned out all week long. It's like, I have that game plan. I know what's happening. It's like, okay, here's my meal and here's my meal and here's my meal. And when I'm sort of doing it on the fly, even when I'm cooking healthy food, I'm snacking while I'm cooking or nothing's ready and I'm hungry. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to eat this hummus and this carrots, but then I eat my whole dinner too. And I just end up eating way more when I'm not prepared. 
Yeah, that's exactly the case with me. So I was like, oh, I'm so hungry. So I'm going to eat this apple while I make dinner and then I'm going to eat dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, normally you would think like big deal. You ate an apple. It's an apple. Yeah. But it does. It does. It just, it starts to add up slowly but surely. And that's why I tell people, it's like, yes, it's, it's healthy, but there are no magic calories. They all count. And if you eat in excess, you're not going to lose weight. Losing weight is all about a caloric deficit. What we do is we just make sure that instead of living on boxes of snack well cookies, we are living on whole healthy foods that nourish us too and are a lot more filling than the box of the crumbly snack well cookies. But when you said that, I had flashbacks to how I used to buy those things and eat the whole box. And even when Oreo came out with like those 100 calorie packs, you know what happened? I ate all 600 calorie packs. (laughs) That's what happened. (laughs) I would have been better just eating like two Oreos, but... um, I yeah. even remember, like, this is going back so so far, but I think I became vegan in 1992. And um, I remember, like, that was just when, like, Starbucks was coming out and, like, coffee oh, yeah. shop. And, like, when they started introducing, like, soy milk, at, at, like, in your coffee, I didn't even like coffee before that. But then I was like, wait, I can have, like, a vanilla latte? Like, Ooh, you know? Yeah. It was, su- it's, like, such the excitement of, like, wait, that's vegan. I think there's, like, some email that's that goes around that's like you know 10 foods you wouldn't believe are vegan and they're all like crap I mean yeah. you know <laughs> Oreos like, like oh I could eat that you know yeah like Oreos like oh I could eat those and it's like you want to run out and get them just mm-hmm. because they like are vegan yeah you know well that's part of how my husband and I gained back some of the weight that we lost so we went plant-based and we did the whole McDougal starch solution you know low fat, no oil, lots of fruits and vegetables. And when we transitioned to be vegans, there was not really any of the substitutes out on the market. There was like a few frozen like Boca burgers, but they were pretty nasty. But then uh-huh. a few years after we had been plant-based, all these commercial substitutes started hitting the market. Suddenly there was like 25 vegan ice creams. Like you said, Starbucks had soy milk. There was like 20 different fake meats and um, you know, mock cheeses and none of that stuff existed. But then of course we were like, Oh, I want to try that. Wait, there's a meat lovers, vegan freezer pizza. What? And I mean, is it a big surprise that we gained back the weight we lost? No, exactly. Because I was like, Oh, it's vegan. It's vegan. It's like, but that doesn't mean it's healthy. Yeah. No, I still, honestly, I still do it. If I go to a restaurant that like has vegan cupcakes or something, you know, like I still am like, Oh, but I could eat that, you know, and it's especially hard when I come to LA because my friends there are awesome about eating vegan with me, but there's not a lot of restaurants that are in LA that are vegan that actually are whole food, plant-based, no oil. I know. know? I'm so glad you said that because I feel that way living here. Like if I want a healthy vegan meal, I can't go to a vegan restaurant. I have to go to another restaurant because all the vegan ones are just, I mean, they're delicious, but it's just, it's not healthy. Yeah, exactly. And then I feel bad because everybody's gone to the vegan restaurant. For you, know? you, yeah, same thing. My friends are like, but we came here for you. And I'm like, but I don't want the deep fried tofu. Exactly. exactly. I want a salad. <laughs> well, actually, I do want the deep fried tofu. But well, right, like, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, my <laughs> mouth wants to taste it, yeah. but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the same way. My uh, One of my assistants, Jamie, she was just visiting us from Salt Lake City here in Los Angeles. And so we wanted to take her to a few vegan restaurants. And of course I was like, yes, let's totally get the brownie, the vegan brownie and share it since you're here. Exactly. <laughs> like, I know. Uh, yeah, no, same thing. And one thing um, 
that I also, that I, I love that you said too when we were emailing earlier was about how even though you don't live here in Los Angeles, how when you come to Los Angeles, it can kind of like warp your mind. And I say that all the time. Like on one hand, I love being in LA because everyone's kind of health focused. Like my friends, instead of saying, let's go get a drink, they'll say, let's go for a hike, which is really nice. Cause when I lived in New York city, my friends yeah. always just wanted to go out to dinner or drink or something, which is not always the healthiest thing to do. And my friends here are like, Hey, let's hit up a yoga class. But I also am constantly around this like barrage of supermodels and actresses yeah. who are so thin. And so even though I'm at a healthy weight now, sometimes I'm like, oh, well, I should work harder. Oh, totally. It's, it's, it's like almost can be debilitating. I mean, I remember nights that like when I lived there especially where, you know, I wouldn't want to go out because like my pants weren't buttoning, you know? And like when I really think about how like, you know, my obsession with my weight and my obsession with food and has really probably, you know, stopped me from doing things that I wish I would have done. You know, it's really sad. And, and, you know, I work in the entertainment industry and I'm around that all the time. And, you know, I have beautiful, gorgeous friends who, you know, are a size zero and it's really hard not to compare myself and wish, you know, that I looked like them. And I know that like, it doesn't come easy for anybody really, mm -hmm. you know, At the end of the day, everybody has their struggles, but, um, but it's just sort of, you know, taking a step back, the bigger picture of the pressure to look a certain way, especially in LA is really, um, something that I've had to deal with a lot. And, you know, hopefully I'm getting over the hump of it. I think just as I get older, you know, I get a little less, um, obsessed with it but but it's definitely a hard thing to you know to, to live and I with. think even if you don't live in Los Angeles or you aren't in the entertainment industry it's just it's around us anyway yeah just every minute of every day there's all these ads and it's just it's I think it's hard for anybody anyone can struggle and I have friends who you know they are in the industry and I think like you said they're perfect in every way I think they're so amazing and then they'll they'll tell me they went to an audition and were told like you know they needed to lose weight or they were fat or they are too hippie or this or that and I'm like what where are you gonna lose it you're perfect exactly and so I can't even imagine as hard as it is for me in my own head comparing myself what it must be like for people actually working in the industry oh yeah no I know and I'm behind the scenes so yeah mm -hmm. so I with you like just I agree it's a lot of pressure and I thought it was interesting that you talked about how your sisters although they clearly never meant to make you aware of your appearance or anything like that because teenagers are just they're in their own heads but you just being around that it made you way more conscious of your body and your appearance maybe than it would have happened had you not had older sisters like I remember when I was like eight, I had no concept of like being fat or my body or anything until I was at a pool party and an adult pointed out all my fat rolls. Oh my God. Yeah, I was sitting in a two piece and I remember so vividly, I was so excited to have this two piece because I begged my mom to let me have it and she thought uh -huh. I was too young. But I was like, no, because it was so cool. It's what all the teenagers were wearing. I felt so cool and so like awesome to be wearing that two-piece at a pool party. And some adult like pointed out my fat rolls in my midsection. I'm 33 years old. I still look down when I sit in a bathing suit now. Oh my gosh. And that was the moment for me that I became aware of my body. And from that moment on, the rest of my life, I was just like so aware of how I looked and what I looked like. 
And I had other friends, and it was different. Some of them, it came to middle school, high school. But there's always seems to be that point in a woman's life that she suddenly becomes very conscious of her appearance. And, you know, you said it was because your sisters were older. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had this experience with my bathing suit. But I, one thing I've realized on this podcast and talking with a lot of the members, especially in the forums and Facebook, we all have that experience. But it's never positive. You know, our mothers were always on a diet. Our sisters were always on a diet. Like, no one ever seemed to just be happy. Oh, it's so true. And I I wonder, even if that fat roll thing still happened to me, if my mom hadn't been dieting, if her friends hadn't been dieting, if they weren't always talking about how they hated their bodies, if Mm -hmm. that would have been, if that in and of itself would have been a game changer for me. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I... that's a hard one, you know? I mean, it's just, it's it's hard for me to even envision the world without that kind of, you know, like I'm trying to think if I know anybody who doesn't do that and right? who has kids that don't think about it too, you know? I mean, yeah, I took, so yeah, I, it's, it's something that I've been thinking a lot about and I, well, I was curious with your, because you seem to have a similar experience as me as you were forced into it, I guess a little earlier, but um, yeah, it's curious. Yeah, it's um, it's a tough thing, and and you know, you, I remember even like a friend of mine like said to me, you know, a few years ago. This was probably like maybe longer than that, maybe like ten years ago. But she was like, you know, you need to stop talking about how fat you look, because I mean, you know, it just becomes a mantra. Like mm-hmm. you know, you go to a friend's house and you're like, oh, I'm so fat, oh, I'm so fat. And she said that her daughter, who at the time was like four like was looking in the mirror and she's like, Oh, I'm so fat, you know? And she, and she, her, my friend said that it was from hearing me talk about it all the time, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just like such a, so now I have a daughter of my own and I try not to, but I mean, you know, she's got to pick up on it. I mean, right. you know what I mean? Even, even in the, in the most positive of ways, even seeing me cook my meals every week, you know, it, there's just such this focus. She knows that there's a focus on my food and my diet and even if I didn't say anything about feeling, you know, fat or anything, it's just, I think that you just, there's no way to not in, on some level send that message out into, I don't know, in this day and time, it just seems like impossible. Right. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be such a naysayer, but. <laughs> no, I, but I think it being, even being aware of it, and I like when you said that you have to stop even saying to yourself, I'm fat, I'm fat, because I know that when I. I'm not when I don't talk nicely to myself and when I'm critical, it like gets worse. And I I opened up about this experience recently in our Facebook group on the forums where I remember I looked in a mirror and the longer I looked in the mirror, like the worse I made it out in my head and then the worse I talked to myself. Yeah. And so I'm just like, I think we were talking about like why do dressing rooms always have the worst lighting on the planet? It's then awful. It's like, then you just like, yeah. And I've gotten to the point where I buy clothes and I actually come home and I try them on and then I return them or I keep them because like I will just like beat myself up in the dressing room. Um, Such a good idea. I just yesterday yeah. was in the dressing room and like I feel pretty good because I've like, you know, started losing weight now and like people are starting to notice and my pants are starting to fit and I'm like, you know, in a way better place. But still, even yes, even then being on the, you know, in front of the mirror yesterday was like, oh, but I still have those lumps, and I still right. have, you know, like, that. I mean, I just sat there and nitpicked myself to death, and, yep. you know, came home depressed, and luckily mm-hmm. did not start eating, but I wanted to. Yeah, and we just, I just did a podcast, I think it was the one before this, where 
she said, you know, I need to talk kinder to myself because I would never say these things to another person. So why am I saying them to myself in my head? And I was like, yes, that I need so to do true. that. I know. It's something I've been really trying to work on lately. And, and it's so true. It makes such a difference. Even to just like, if, if I feel myself starting to get critical like that, I just stop and like, you know, tell myself, like, I do not believe that about myself, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I try to like think something kind to say instead, just to kind of replace the thought because it's so insidious, you know, and it's, and it's been there my whole life. So it's, it's a big deal to change it, but I definitely need to try. One thing that, um, well, I'll, two things from the group is what's made me ask you to do this is a comment you left in our Facebook group and you said, um, and well, it was this person who had said that they watched Forks or Knives and they were yo-yo for a lot of years and they're following the meal plans for three weeks and they're just having like a lot of baggage and things of that nature. And you had responded that, um, Anyone who's followed your posts here will know that you were a thousand percent weight obsessed on and on about how you weren't losing or you were discouraged and it took you a long time. But after five and a half months of following the meal plan strictly, you are, you know, fitting in your pants now, you've lost weight, people are noticing a friend complimented you, you felt really great. And I thought maybe you could talk about like how you got over that hurdle because I feel a lot of people feel that way that they're not losing fast enough or they're not being diligent enough, and so they're not seeing the results, but they just have to stick to it. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, well, just I'll just back up a little bit in explaining how I got there. Um, I had cancer, I had breast cancer, um, and I was, it's been about six years now, but um, <laughs> when I had breast cancer, um, a lot of my weight fluctuated a lot. And by the end of it all, you know, after being on chemo and being told to like eat anything I wanted while I was on chemo because they didn't want me to lose too much weight. Um, I really took them up on that. And I just <laughs> ate like a ton of crap, like really bad, a lot of candy and a lot of sugar. And, um, you know, sometimes that was all I wanted. And I just was sort of like, Oh, well they said I could have it, you know? So so by the end of it, I was probably at my heaviest. So for the last like five years, probably, um, I've been struggling to lose this weight that I gained um, when I was on chemo. And um, I take a, a medication that, you know, if you look on forums, you know, breast cancer forums, 90% of the people who take this medication will say that it's made them gain weight or they can't lose weight on it. And when you ask your doctors, your doctors will say that's not true. So I have sort of like this whole time, um, blamed the drug and just said like, you know, it's the drug. Like there's, I'm never going to lose the weight because it's the drug. And I really believed that. And, um, I've been doing the meal plans. I mean, I, I've, I've been subscribing to the meal plans for a few years now and I primarily eat the meal plans. There's definitely times where I go off and I eat worse, you know, add oil back in and stuff. But, um, but even still, like, and I will lose when I do them, but it'll always kind of just cap off at a certain point. But in January, I made the commitment that I was going to do all my cooking in advance and just eat strictly meal plans, and I've been doing it. And the first few months, it was coming off so slow that it was like, again, I was like, it's the medication, you know, I'm just, this is hopeless. And I was super depressed because, you know, especially when you work really, really hard to try to lose weight and you don't see results, 
it's really frustrating and you totally want to throw in the towel. You know, it's like I might as well just eat what I want. Um, but the problem with that is that then you gain even more. Right. Um, so anyways, so I would just say that like what I was trying to say to her and to anybody was, you know, give it time because honestly, I don't know when it was. I don't know exactly the point when it kicked in, but all of a sudden, you know, just sticking to the meal plans, the weight started coming off and you know, it's, it literally, I could cry. I mean, it's like, it's, it's huge, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like me telling myself, no, you do not have to believe that lie. Like, it's not just the medication. You can get the weight off. It just, your, our bodies go through so much for so many different reasons. And for whatever reason, you know, some people lose faster than others. But really, honestly, I think if you just stick to this way of eating, it's gonna come off, you know, and, and I still want to lose more. And, you know, I'm definitely not like, you know, to the point where I'm like, success, victory, you know, 100%. but I'm really close. And, and I'm just really grateful because, you know, I, again, I just, I thought that there was like no hope that this was ever going to happen. And I remember you were posting, you were so committed and you were so frustrated and so discouraged. And I, my heart went out to you and my staff was like, oh, I wish that I could help her, but you just stuck with it. You stuck with it. And then I remember when you first started to see the losses happen, you're like, yes, and then it just kept going. And we've been so proud of you. But like you said, it's so easy to get discouraged, but it has been so inspiring and amazing to see you just trudge on with determination and then finally get those results. Well, I think that that's really the key because every time before that I've tried to do it, I've given up because I've gotten frustrated. And I think that like this time I was like, really strict. Like, even if I go out to eat, I like, you know, order like a salad with no dressing. I mean, I've really been strict about it because I was like, this is my last chance. Like, if this really doesn't work, then I do know that there's something else going on here. Um, So the fact that it has worked and I just, you know, my heart goes out to, to her and to anyone who's feeling like it's not it's not working because, um, I've totally been there and you know, it will, there was another person I think who posted, it was a guy I think who posted that he, um, was, you know, sort of stuck and couldn't, you know, move it. And I was like, I have so been there, you know, I think we all have. And I, I saw that with myself too. Even once I like cleaned up and stopped cheating and yo-yoing over the same 10 pounds, it was just the last 10 to 15 pounds were so slow, but I just had to stick it out and I realized that like you that was my problem is I would get frustrated and then I would go like give up and then you know then it was like starting all over again when really I just needed to stick with it. Exactly. Exactly. So you've mentioned twice now about how much you love cooking ahead and you are always posting about that in the forums and on with other members telling them to cook ahead so maybe now you can tell everyone why you love it so much and how you make it work because you are a mom and you're Mm -hmm. a single mom. And um, just what it does for you and why other people should try it. Okay. Um, So initially, I totally didn't want to do it. You know, that's why I sort of just made stuff to order um, for, you know, the first like year and a half or whatever that I had the meal plans. Um, And um, it wasn't until I think the, the Facebook group started up and I started seeing other people doing it and you posted your first video of like the batch cooking, you know, for the individual plan that it really started motivating me to try it. And, um, I would have to say that first of all, just having the food in my refrigerator for the entire week, knowing that I don't have to run to the store. I mean, I think back, I used to go to the store like twice a day sometimes, like you know, I had no clue in the morning I would make my breakfast. I had no clue what I was going to have for lunch. 
you know, I would be on a conference call and we would take a lunch break and I would run up to Sprouts to like, you know, figure out what I was going to make. I mean, like constantly, I just was like totally unprepared. And, um, and so I think that this has like, just knowing that the food is in there is first of all, like the biggest load off, like you can't even imagine. Um, and also like just in terms of like, you know, setting the day aside, it can take a long time. Like sometimes I'll bitch on there and be like, it took me five hours today. (laughs) It's still like, it's still such a feeling of accomplishment when you're done and it's, you know, and it's finished. And, you know, my daughter will come in and cook with me or she likes to taste test the stuff. I mean, I haven't gotten her to completely, you know, do the plans with me completely. Um, I'm still trying to like work on changing her taste buds a little bit because unfortunately she's, you know, not had the healthiest diet, but, um, but we're getting there and she's always good about trying it. And so, you know, it's fun. It's just, it's just like, luckily I, I do, I can always find that time. I mean, I work from home so I can find the time to, um, to, you know, make the, make the food and it does take time and you do have to schedule it in and, you know, it is a chunk of time. But, you know, you can also break it up. Sometimes I just do all my prep stuff the night before, like all the chopping of everything and then just cook the next day or whatever. But um, but honestly, it's just the, the fact, no matter how painful it is, and it's not even painful, but no matter how painful it could be to sit in the kitchen, you know, for five hours cooking, at the end of it, it is like the biggest accomplishment. And like, you know, I mean, like last night I posted like, okay, my refrigerator's full. Like, what do I want to eat? Because there's like so many options and everything sounds amazing. And, you know, I don't know. That's my favorite part too is because like, especially at the earlier in the week, it's like, wow, it's like having a whole restaurant menu of choices. Yeah, it's exciting. It's fun. And a lot of times the stuff that I like put off till the end because I'm like, ah, that's going to be my least favorite. I'm like, what was I waiting for? That was amazing, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it, every recipe, you know, even the ones that like maybe were not like totally my cup of tea. I, I've never had a recipe where I've just been like, Ugh, you know, like I always enjoy it and it's always filling. And, you know, I really rarely want to snack. I mean, I used to snack all the time, um, you know, and especially like working from home and I'm on conference calls all day. And like, you know, I just always used to constantly need to be snacking while I was working. And, um, and that, that stopped too. So it's just been good. So one thing that you had said in your email, and I appreciated your honesty, was that you, well, one, you've adopted a daughter, which is amazing. I'm adopted, so I always appreciate when I hear other people adopting. Yeah. But that you decided not to raise your daughter vegan. And I was really just, you know, um, impressed with your honesty and... Parenting is a lot of things that come up uh, on this podcast, and a lot of because a lot of our members are moms and dads. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought maybe you could talk about your decision and how you're approaching it. I know part of it is that you're leading her by example, but you want her to make this decision for herself, and I I think that's amazing, and I really respect it. But how are you working it out? Because obviously you're cooking plant-based meals for yourself. Um. So yeah, it was a tough decision. Um. I adopted her as a single mom, so it was strictly my decision. Um, And I think that a big factor, really, especially early on, was, you know, one of the reasons that I live, you know, in Sacramento now is because my family's here, and they're such a huge help with her. And, you know, my parents live, like, less than a mile from me, and she spends a lot of time with them. And um, my mom is actually 
pretty vegetarian. Um, and they're really, my parents are great about, you know, respecting like how I eat and, you know, making stuff for me and stuff. But with her being over there a lot, I just knew it was, they were going to always have stuff around, you know, meat and cheese around. And I knew that that was going to be a bit of a struggle. So that was a partial factor. Just the fact that like I was going to need help from outside people who probably weren't going to be able to stick to feeding her vegan. Um, and also I think just, you know, like you said, I, I really, after giving it a lot of thought, I just felt like, you know, I want her to want to, you know, I have friends who were raised vegetarian and now are not because they felt like, you know, they were deprived of stuff growing up. And I just, I really did want to lead by example. And I really did. The one thing that she's not allowed to have is milk. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. Never like let her have. Um, and she's great about it and she loves almond milk and that's fine. So I think that like, like I said earlier, it slowly is starting to rub off on her and she's definitely like, she likes, you know, the food that we, that I cook and, um, and she'll have a lot of the meal plan meals with me. Um, and, and I don't cook meat for her in the house. Um, you know, but, um, but she does eat, so she probably eats more vegetarian at home than vegan. Um, so I guess, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I question it all the time. Like sometimes I wonder if it was the right decision and would it have just been easier if I had always raised her vegan and, you know, especially because like there's certain things that I wish she, you know, had a stronger palate for that she doesn't, you know, necessarily like yet. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. Somehow it's, it's managed to work for us. Um, and she's, you know, and she's happy. And sometimes she'll tell me like, I'm going to, I'm going to have a, a, a vegan week, mom. You know, and she'll, for the whole week, she'll just eat vegan, and she gave up meat for Lent, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, so she definitely, like, is is conscious of it, and I feel like she's slowly coming around, but, um, but yeah, I just can't get her to strictly eat the, the meal plans with me yet, because I don't know, maybe I spice my food too much, I love spicy, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but. And your, you know, your palate really does change as you age too. I mean, I remember as a child, I hated onions, I hated mushrooms, I hated mustard. Those are probably my three favorite things now. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. But she's great about like eating like kale and you know veggies and stuff like that. She's actually really good at it. It's more the spice thing that I haven't quite figured out with her yet. So. I think, yeah, and I, I've noticed with a lot of other members that are moms, they are, they're saying that they won't put the spices in and then they'll just spice their portion to get the kids to eat it. And I could see that. I didn't really like spicy food as a kid either, but I love it now. So, But it's so hard because you're like, but I had to have, but you're like, no, oh, yeah, I didn't. Um, <laughs> I know. But uh, yeah, and it's definitely when I have my nieces and nephews around, I just make stuff as bland as possible, like to the point where I'm like, it's so bland, I don't want to eat it, let me put some <laughs> spicing on this, but they love it. So I'm like, okay, I guess it's just the palate thing, you know, it's underdeveloped or, I, there's been some interesting studies where they'll take food and like the food will be so sickeningly sweet, adults can't get it down and kids just don't register and think it tastes good. And so they're, they're trying to figure out like what's going on with our taste buds now, but um, That's interesting. Yeah, it's been really interesting. And, um, and it doesn't matter that, you know, these aren't necessarily the kids in these studies aren't necessarily kids who've lived off candy. It's just they're, they, for some reason, it, they don't register the sweetness as much as we do. So it's, it's very curious. I've been following the research and hope to see more to understand why it is that kids are so picky and yeah, um, maybe it's not their fault. Yeah, that's true. That's really cool. 
Well, it has been amazing having you on the podcast, Marlon. Of course, you're such an asset to the member community. I know everyone loves you, and um, you're so active, and you're always posting such inspiring things. But you're also honest. I love, I love how you can be like, "Oh, it took so long to cook, but I did it." You know, um, I think that's appreciated. So other people realize they're not alone in their struggles. But um, yeah, is there anything else you'd like to add for our members that are listening? I just want to say like hi to everybody, and I totally love the Facebook group so much and the forums and. It's been great getting to know everybody on there and really, honestly, just such a lifesaver. I mean, I just, I wonder if I would have stuck to it this diligently if it wasn't for that. And of course, to you, Lindsay, like, I just couldn't ever, ever thank you enough. Really, honestly, just has made all the difference in in my life and so many lives I know. So thank you. Oh, thanks. It's really nice to be a witness to your transformation. So I feel it's my gift. But um, if you want to learn more about what the meal plans or join us in the forums and hang out with Marla because she's always there, visit GetMealPlans.com. Thanks, everyone.